Welcome to the Human Resources for Small Business podcast, presented by Zenium HR. I'm your host, Brandon Laws. Whether you're an HR professional or a small business leader, each episode of this podcast is designed to bring you the latest in technical HR and leadership at your convenience. More content is available on our website at www.zeniumhr.com. Let's dive into today's topic. Welcome to the HR for Small Business podcast. This is your host, Brandon Laws. Today, I'm with Jody Thompson. She is the co-author of the books, Why Work Sucks and How to Fix It, The Results-Only Revolution, and Why Managing Sucks and How to Fix It, A Results-Only Guide to Taking Control of Work, Not People. Jody's also the co-founder, along with her business partner, Callie Ressler of CultureRx, and they co-wrote these books together. Jody, it's great to have you. Thanks for making time. Hi, Brandon. I'm glad to be here with you today. So I got to admit, I had your books both sitting on my desk and the titles, as you know, stick out quite a bit. Um, I had a coworker kind of swing by and saw Why Work Sucks sitting on my desk. And I think they just kind of had to take a double take and kind of look at me like, "Mm, is this really how you think about work? But I think like, you know, for people who have actually read the book and and know what your content's all about, they, they would totally get what you're trying to say, which is that the model that we're currently in, in the work environment, the business model, of how people are working. It's just, it's an old model, right? And so you're suggesting this results-only work environment. And that's what the book's all about. Why Work Sucks is really a manifesto based on the results-only work environment. So could you give listeners, if they've never read the book, what's the results-only work environment? Because honestly, this is the first time I'd heard about it when I read the books. People see that work sucks piece and they, they want to say, well, gee, my, my job doesn't suck. I mean, I really like what I do. But what we're trying to say is it's how people are forced to do the work that really sucks. And what people want is they really want to have control over their time. And in the current workplace, people don't have control over their time. It's managers that have control over people's time. So what really sucks is that we have to ask permission like naughty children every day to do the things that we want to do in our lives. Like maybe we want to work in a different location, or we want to, you know, leave at a different time during the day, or we just want to do our work differently. And we feel like, you know, naughty children that are going to steal candy. And we have to ask permission to do different things in different ways. And it really makes it difficult for us to manage all of the things in our lives in the way that would make sense or or let us use our common sense. So the workplace is really old fashioned today. So in a results-only work environment, what that means is each person is 100% accountable and 100% autonomous. Now, Brandon, when I say that, what I mean is autonomy is not flexibility. Flexibility is when I am asking permission to do something different than 8 to 5, Monday through Friday. I'm asking permission of somebody to leave early or come in late or telework, or do one of those, you know, old-fashioned, silly things from the 20th century. What autonomy is, is I am self-governing and independent. I'm making decisions on where I need to be, when I need to be there to get results, measurable results that I've agreed upon with my results coach. 
or what used to be called a manager in the olden days. So I might be a bus driver, or I might be a zookeeper, or I might be a you know call center worker or a retail worker. I might have to be in a certain location at a certain time. I do that to get my job done. So results-only work environment is for every single person in every role, no matter where you are, if you do work, you can be in a results-only work environment. We're not children. We can be accountable and autonomous. That's a results-only work environment. So why are businesses, HR leaders, you name it, why are we all thrown around that, that naughty F word so often, the, the flexibility? I mean, they, they almost seem like they're doing us a favor, employees a favor by offering flexibility. But I think you're, you're kind of saying the opposite. It's like you're asking permission. Like what, how do we get over that hurdle? We're using flexibility so much in, in today's work environment. Well, it's so funny, too, because the flexibility thing, you know, people are calling that innovative. And that just makes me laugh because, you know, Kellogg <laughs> Company started offering, you know, and altering their schedules back in the 1930s. And I mean, come on, it's 2017, right? And we're saying, oh, look at how innovative we are. We're offering our people flexible work schedules. Come on, give me a break. What flexibility is, is, again, is it's giving not people more control over their time, but managers more control over people's time. And it creates a, ho a hostile work environment. You probably read about that thing in the book, Brandon, called Sludge. Oh, yeah. I was about, about going to ask you about that. Yeah. Yeah. So what happens when you create flexibility in the workplace is it just makes sludge really strong in the work environment. It makes that language where people say, oh, I wish I could leave early every day. Look at those people with kids leaving early and coming in late. So it makes people talk about how other people are spending their time. It's that culture of entitlement instead of opportunity. So people are all looking at who's getting more, you know, like who's getting more than I have. And we're not really focused on the work. We're focused on the labels of people people that are getting telework, the teleworkers, the remote workers, you know, the flexi flex workers or whatever stupid labels we're putting on people. So that's what flexibility is. It's just a way to control people more. And it's about where people are working from. So work location and work time, how many hours people are working. So we're, we're really focusing on the irrelevant pieces of work instead of getting everybody really rallied around what is the work and what is the measure of the work and holding people accountable to that, we're holding people accountable to time and location. And then that's creating all the hostility because we think some people are getting a better deal than somebody else. Well, guess what? We need to be paying people for results, not paying people for the time they put in and the location and showing up at a certain place. I mean, geez, anybody can do that, right? Yeah, summing up that point pretty nicely in the book, and actually both books, you provide the simple little equation, time plus physical presence is results. And that's how we think about it today, is you came in early and you stayed late and you're here in the office, that automatically equals results, right? And you're saying wrong. You're saying it should be goal-oriented. Like your You and your manager should be focused on goals and results and producing those results. And that's what it's all about. Well, absolutely. I was going to say, you know, it's funny that in college, if you choose to stay up all night and party and then sleep all day and skip your classes and don't study and you ultimately fail the test, you don't get a degree. 
it's like all up to you, right? It's called consequences. But in the workplace, we're okay with people showing up day after day and not producing a single result. And then we still give them a paycheck. But in a results-only work environment, it acts like college. You succeed or fail based on agreed-upon measurable results. You are in communication with your team and your results coach, not a manager. We call them results coaches on a continuous basis. You're always autonomous and accountable, just like college. If you don't succeed based on your measurable results, no results, no job, not no results, I'm going to take away your telework program. It's just silly. What's happening in workplaces are people are getting away with coming in every day, showing up early, staying late, you know, looking like they're working really hard and they're talking about how many hours they're working. Oh, I worked 60 hours last week. Well, how did you count those hours? Well, I came in at 6 a.m. and I, you know, I stayed till 6 p.m. Well, what did you do? Well, I went to a lot of meetings. Well, how many of those were productive, <laughs> you know? Oh, I love that. I love that. It's just, you know, it's just so old-fashioned. It's so old-fashioned, and people are wasting their lives. And really, businesses are wasting their money. Let's face it. It's wasting a lot of money. I'd love to read an excerpt from your book that I just found amazing and actually told us to a coworker the other day. So you're basically quoting a Reuters article from July 18, 2000. It says... Quote, this Friday is the first national work at home day, an occasion where there won't be any need to feel guilty about negotiating a multi-million dollar deal in your boxers and bunny slippers or interviewing a chief executive while wearing just a towel. So that's from the article. Then you go on to provide commentary. Well, isn't that interesting? Why would somebody who just negotiated a multi-million dollar deal have to feel guilty about anything? I'm like, that just hit me right in the face. That makes total sense. They just produce the result, which is the multi-million dollar deal. Who cares what they're doing or where they're at? That's the point you're trying to make. Oh, it's absolutely the point I'm trying to make. It's if we were focused on what's relevant, and that is business results, we wouldn't be focusing on all that other silly stuff like location, like where are you? Who cares? And when you think about that today, people asking the question, where's Brandon? If you really think about that question, where's Brandon? I don't know where you are right now. Who cares, right? So if I'm asking that question, where's Brandon? I should really be asking myself this question. What do I need right now? What do I need? If I ask myself the question, what do I need from Brandon? I will reach out and get that. I will, I will say, I need X, Y, Z, whatever that is. I have ways to get that. I have email. I have voicemail. I have ways that I can ask you for what I need. Getting up and running around and looking for you is what people did in 1952. I don't need to do that. That's a waste of time. I just need to reach out and ask you for what I need using technology. Now, people might be listening and going, well, geez, what if I'm in a manufacturing plant or a retail floor? Okay, that that's a different thing, okay? If I'm at the cash register, I'm in a different kind of work environment. You have to extrapolate that to where you're working. But in most cases, we can think, what do I need? Instead of thinking, where's Brandon? Most of the time, that's an irrelevant question. So it's interesting that people are worried about that sort of thing. I also have to laugh when people put their employees on summer hours. Okay, it's summer now, so now we're going to let you leave early on Friday. Well, geez, I like to snowboard. Why don't you give me winter hours? And oh, by the way, we're all more productive in the summer. We're happier in the summer. So why do you cut us off in September? 
you obviously must not care about the business when we're all happier and more productive in the summer and then you stop it in the winter. It's so illogical what we're doing. When you put people on the platform of autonomy where they're self-governing and independent and accountable to measurable results, people are treated like adults, they act like adults, things are crystal clear, then you're going to get what you're paying for. You're going to get out of people what you actually want, and that's productivity and results. It seems really clear and logical and simple. It's not so simple because what managers need to do is they have to actually do what they're hired to do and hold people accountable. That's tough. Jody, how did we get to this 40-hour workweek model? I mean, it seems, it seems old, right? It's obviously time for a change, right? Like, what do, we, what do we go to? Well, it's been time for a change for a long time. But, you know, way back long ago, I mean, we put that together just because people were overworked, right? It was a time when we were working people too long and too hard for too little money. And there had to be a system put in place to arrest that momentum. But today, it's a whole different world. You know, we have the ability today to change things in a more positive direction for people. And what's happening today is people are talking about being overworked again and having technology take over their lives. And we're looking at things in the wrong way. We're looking at not having control, right? So we feel like we're all competing in the workplace today to outtime each other. We're talking about, oh, you know, look at how long I work and I come in all day and I'm interrupted constantly and I can't get anything done and I have to talk about how long I work and then I'm there all day and I don't get anything done. So what do I do? I go home at night and I try to get my work done all night and I'm answering emails and I feel like if I don't do that, somebody's going to pass me over. And if I take a vacation, somebody's going to take my job. So we're in this constant cycle of feeling completely overwhelmed. But the interesting thing about a results-only work environment is when you get in a situation where you start to take control of it and it's not taking control of you and you're not being judged anymore about how much you're in the office, you're not talking about how many hours you work anymore, you're not being judged on any of that anymore, you're just being judged on what you produce, what you've agreed upon in terms of results, you're instantly liberated. So I might be shopping at Target during the day. Let's say I'm getting my stuff done. I'm getting work done. I might be answering some emails. I'm having dinner with my family. I'm not looking at my phone. I'm doing the things I need to do all the time in my life and I'm in control of it. And nobody's judging me. Nobody's saying, oh, I wonder where Jody is. You know, I, I didn't see her in the office all day on Tuesday. What is she doing? What if a client sees you at Target though? But it's okay because... I have a way of thinking about that now in the new world, right? It's like you're in the matrix today. Everybody's in the matrix. But in a results-only work environment, you step outside the matrix and you can see in. Like you can see the, the craziness of everybody else. So if I see a client, I'm not thinking, oh, I'm doing something wrong because I'm serving that client every day mm -hmm. better than they've ever been served. They don't look at me like I'm naughty because the way that I approach that client is of a different kind of, you know, I'm confident. Being at work in this 2017 doesn't mean I'm sitting in an office. Just because I'm a target doesn't mean I'm not working. If I'm sitting in a coffee shop doesn't mean I'm not working. If I'm sitting in my house doesn't mean I'm not working. If I'm at target doesn't mean I'm not working. Our mindset needs to shift. 
you actually brought up a, a nice point in why managing sucks. And it was just, I, I don't know if it's a little example or an actual case study, but is where a client showed up at the office looking for somebody and said, Hey, I didn't see you at the office. And the person's response is, well, we, did I miss an appointment that we had? Cause I don't remember. I'm, you can get a hold of me by email or, or phone anytime. And I think that was just a good point. You're, you're so focused on serving that client, but at the same time, you, you got to respect each other's time. You didn't have an appointment. So I just love that. It's interesting how we judge other people based on what we see. If I see somebody in a certain location at a certain time, I instantly judge. Like if I see somebody in a certain place, well, they must not be working. Well, that's not necessarily true. There's many times I'm sitting in a parking lot somewhere and I'm checking my email. Am I working or not working? Let's talk about meetings. You're pretty, you're pretty vocal about hating them uh, and probably just how, how we use them. Recurring meetings, uh, you, know, you, you schedule an hour, you fill up an hour, those sort of things. What do you suggest we do about meetings? Well, meetings are interesting. We could spend an hour on this, I'm sure. <laughs> we could. We could go all day on this. Here's the thing. You know, I talk to people all over the globe and do workshops with results only work environment and speaking. And I will ask, of the time you spend in meetings, you know, 100% of your meeting time during the week, tell me how much of that is wasted time. And I will get anywhere from 30 to 90% of their time in meetings is wasted. 30 to 90%. And people still go to meetings. The thing is, is the time is wasted because, first of all, people don't have a clear outcome for what they're doing in the meeting. A lot of times they're going to meetings that they don't have any role in that meeting. And a lot of times the meeting is just filled up because you have an hour on the calendar. So we have this guidepost called every meeting is optional. That doesn't mean people don't go to meetings. What it means is when a meeting comes on your calendar, you have to actually look at it and say, what is the outcome? So what are we trying to achieve during that time? What is my role? And what do I need to prepare? So you don't just accept the meeting blindly. Now, every single person has to do that just because uh, you're, you're maybe a, you know, individual contributor and a VP puts a meeting on your calendar. You still have to ask those questions. If you don't have the answer to those questions, you have to send a, a note to that person that put the meeting there. What's the outcome? What's my role? And what do I need to do to prepare? It seems to me that the person who's making the invite, they should have a clear agenda plus the outcome right there within the meeting request. Exactly. Too, too often, I get meetings where it just has you know a title, but there's nothing in you know the body of it for context. And it's like, can I get an agenda? Like, what are we do? Do I need to be here? Am I optional? Right. And so it's interesting, because when we start to do that with teams, they realize that a lot of their reoccurring meetings are a waste of time, like people sitting around and saying, well, here's what I did this week. I mean, come on, if you want to give people updates, figure out some way you can do that on a shared drive. People don't need to all come together and sit around in a circle, like we're in kindergarten on the mat, and talk about what we did. We can put that on a share drive. If people have, have questions, they can email each other. They can do a Skype. They can do it different ways. They don't have to all come physically together in a room or even on conference calls. You know, people are on conference calls listening to this stuff for two hours. Nobody's listening. So it's, it's just a waste of, of resources. And I'm glad you clarified that because, you know, at first I thought, oh, you're just saying get rid of all meetings. And that's not really what no. you're saying. You're just saying let's. there's a different way to do meetings. We need to focus on the result of the meeting, the outcome of the meeting. I think everything else takes care of itself. Everybody, everybody knows that they need to 
produce something at the end of the meeting. It's like, okay, we have five people in this meeting. Let's spend 10 minutes max because that's a lot of money spent on those people being in the meeting. Absolutely. That's five hours for five people. It's crazy. Yes. When people are telling me they of, of their meetings during the week, 90% of them are unproductive. 90% of their time spent is unproductive. Well, then let's figure out what's going on, right? If you're going to go spend your time in a meeting, and I put that in air quotes, make sure that that time you're spending is getting to an outcome. And maybe the meeting isn't sitting around a table. Maybe it's a text message for five minutes back and forth. Maybe it's a quick Google Hangout. Maybe it's a quick Skype. A meeting can look different than it looks today. And make sure that it's productive. You're getting what you need. Ask yourself, what do I need? And is a meeting the right way to get it? It might not be. There might be another way to get it. So that's all we're saying when we're saying every meeting is optional. Just make sure that that's the right venue to get what you need. And if it is, meet and figure out even how your meeting is the best way to do it. Everybody coming together might not be. I have to sneak this in because I thought it was really funny. So on on time management and why uh, work sucks, you talked about that time management programs are asking you to find freedom within a prison. Can you explain what you mean by that? I just thought it, <laughs> I thought it was clever. <laughs> it's funny because there's so many parameters put around um, the workplace, and you know, with time management, what it's saying, it's saying, okay, now if you want to make your life easier on Sunday night, make all your lunches for the week, and you know, set out all your clothing for the week, so you know what you're going to wear every day, and so it's going to make it your your work free up your your week to make it easier. But then what you're doing is you're going into a system that's that's got so many boundaries around it that you don't really have freedom. It's funny when you think about what the workplace is, what you're doing is you're doing time. You're like you're putting in time. What other place in society do you do time? Prison. And so you're really every day you're going into this system where you're somebody has control over you during a certain amount of your like a 40 hour work week. Somebody else has control over that. And what you're trying to do is all these things around it to make it palatable. Yeah, you made a point early on in one of the books. I think it was Why Work Sucks. You're suggesting that people own 168 hours a week. And I actually took a double take because I'm like 160. Oh, that's seven days a week, 24 hours a day. You're suggesting that not only work time, but the personal time is it's, it's all autonomous. It's that person owns all of that time. I had a hard time wrapping around that just because, you know, I'm getting paid for that work time. But your point is even better, which now I'm on your side. It's, it's all about results. If I'm not using that time wisely, that's on me. And my job is on the line. That's absolutely right. They're not paying you for the time. They're paying you for the results. So you need to use that time appropriately. And yes, there are some jobs where you have to do a schedule, like if you're a retail worker or something like that. But you still need to be responsible, right, for, you know, the customer during that time, right? And you still need to be at a certain place at a certain time. But we're still talking about your entire week you're responsible for using your time efficiently and effectively. And for knowledge workers, for example, you know, to say to a knowledge worker, you have to be in the office from, you know, eight to five or have core hours. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it doesn't even make sense. What we have to talk about is what is your value? What is the value you're providing? And how do we measure that? 
in terms of the outcome of the organization. And then we, we set you free to, to do that. In uh, Why Work Sucks, you talked about the job descriptions and how most of the job descriptions you know, written by HR managers or hiring managers, they are activity-based. They're not results-based or outcomes-based. And I think you you made the suggestion, maybe we should start rewriting these to just focus on the results. Like, What do you want out of this position? Because I think that gives a guidepost to new recruits or even if you're just a read develop a job description for let's say my position it's like okay i know exactly what's expected of me now and now i'm going to use my time to make sure that i'm meeting all of those needs for the business makes the workforce more competent instead of complacent and i think that we with job descriptions it's a way of sort of framing something up but again it doesn't help us as as people in the workforce really get in the game i think what we have to do is create discussions about what is it that you bring to the table and how can you wrap yourself around what is the outcome of this organization? What are we trying to do and how can you fit into that? What is it that you can bring to the table and what can you do in terms of helping the organization move forward? And let's talk about what that looks like. And a jo- you're right. A job description is here's some activities, right? And, and how is that inspiring? Yeah. It's not you really buying into it. So I think we could look at that in a, in a much different way. And that's what results only work environment does when we come in and work with teams. We help everybody conceptualize that. It's like in Dan Pink's book, Drive. It's autonomy, mastery, and purpose on a cultural level, not just an individual level. That's what results only work environment is, is doing. What are your biggest critics of this model saying? And kind of a two-part question. For those that you've helped transition into the results-only work environment, have any of them failed? Yes. Organizations, I, I will say this, organizations that read the book and try to do it on their own do not mm. do well. Mm-hmm. They don't do well because our book doesn't really, it, it doesn't give all the ins and outs of how to do this, right? Yeah. This is a pretty complex culture change. And so what happens when organizations try to do this on their own is they get bogged down in still trying to control people and and do flexibility. So organizations that we've actually trained are doing very well. And what people say is they say that results-only work environment isn't sustainable. It is sustainable, but it's, it's hard work to keep evolving a culture in this platform because you have to continue to be vigilant so that you don't slide back into the old management model of trying to control people's time and place. I think a lot of critics would probably say like, well, it's, and I think it's down to a trust, a trust issue a lot. A lot of times you'd be too trusting to people. You're bound to have like a bad apple in there somewhere. But I think you make the argument like you're probably going to bring those people to the surface a lot faster because it's just not going to produce results. Is that kind of what you're saying? Yes. When you get into this environment, it really shines a spotlight on people that are kind of just skating along, putting in time. You can see instantly who's not producing results. And the same thing with management style. Command and control management style does not fit well in this environment at all. You know, same thing with the Peter Principle. If you've risen to your level of incompetence, it doesn't do well. So it weeds that out pretty quickly. But I will say that what we have found is that most people, the majority of people, do very well in this environment because people want to do a good job. They want to know what their results are supposed to be. And people feel 
uncomfortable every day and really actually not very happy putting in time. It's not fun. Prison isn't fun, okay? <laughs> and coming in every day and trying to figure out how can I scam the system? How can I get my boss to let me leave early? You know, how can I ask for another dental appointment again? You know, people are people aren't happy in that system and people are looking for other jobs and trying to find the greener pasture. It's not fun. Well said, Jody. It, this is a great book. And I honestly, I could have talked with you for another hour. Just, I really like this book. It, uh, the, both these books, they, they open up my mind a lot more. And I, I really encourage listeners to go out and get these books. And, and that's why I really wanted to talk at a high level and not obviously give away your books. But I think people need to figure it out for themselves and even maybe even start a conversation with you if they're really wanting to go down this path. So I want to give you the last word before I know you got to go. Anything else you want to say about this model, um, about the work that you're doing, just anything else? Well, I'd like to say, um, first of all, I'm glad you read the books because it sounds like you're another person that is going to move ahead and talk to people about results-only work environment. And I hope other listeners read the book as well. And I really believe this is the future of work. And I'm I'm really happy that I talked to you today, Brandon. Thank you very much, Jody. We'll put links to the books uh, in the show notes and, and to your website as well. But uh, again, Jody Thompson, thank you for joining the podcast. It's been a lot of fun, and I appreciate how passionate you are about this. Thanks, Brandon. Thanks for listening to the Human Resources for Small Business podcast. Subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out our blog at www.zeniumhr.com forward slash blog and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn to hear about the latest in HR and leadership. The information on today's episode is for educational purposes only. It should not be taken as legal or customized advice for you or your organization. This podcast is hosted and fully produced by Brandon Laws, that's me, and created and owned by Zenium Resources, Inc. For more information or to contact us, visit www.zeniumhr.com.